Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. What is going on everybody? My name is Cotter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mead. Sean, how is it going? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for reading my name like you just learned who your guest was for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like to change it up. I'm taking a replacing you. I didn't want to say it. Really? Okay. Uh, Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Oh, that'd be a get. Oh, that would Jesse. be a get. Oh, that would be a get. Oh, God, he'd be so charming and funny the whole time. I actually seen Free Guy uh, last night. Have you? Re- Sorry. Yeah. We we have a bit of a chat usually before the show, but this didn't come up. How was Free Guy? Is it any good? It's actually a unique idea that is pretty good. Although... It's got heavy vibes of the Lego movie, um, like the start. Right. Um, where okay. you have a guy who lives in a basically Matrix-type world, doesn't realise he's in it until like this really cool girl shows up and she's got loads of guns and she's really badass and he's like, whoa. Night style, correct. It's, yeah, it's just that. <laughs> That's but, fair, because I, I read a few reviews... Fun. Fair. Cool. I might give it a go so because I read a few reviews and it was like, it was a damning review because they were like, this movie is just going to try and coast off Ryan Reynolds being the person that he is. Um, I think a little bit of that. I But I mean, he's a very, very charismatic and likable human being. So why wouldn't very you? True. If, like and you'd be an idiot. <laughs> you'd be an <laughs> idiot if you had Ryan Reynolds in a film and went, yeah, let's dull him down. Because people will yeah, like Ryan, that. Ryan, dial it back a bit, okay? People don't like your shtick, Ryan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's pretty good. It's got Taika Waititi being full-on just douchebag, but apparently they've got so many um, outtakes or just improv lines that he had that they could have done a whole separate film of just all really? his stuff. Oh, just him in the background orchestrating things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's our random piece of movie trivia. Um, if this- that's the full that's the full episode for this week, everyone. Thanks for tuning <laughs> the in. Full review of Free Guy. It's pretty good. 
It's pretty good. Sorry, give it a go. <laughs> um, so, Sean, this is Movie Mondays. Um, we normally get straight into it. I will say, though, that if you are interested in full-length movie reviews, we do them over on our Patreon. And we did them we last do. week right here for free um, as we reviewed The Suicide Squad, if you want to go back at, out, back and check that. But if you want to get even more reviews, we're over the Patreon. The link is down below. We've reviewed, like... I don't know how many movies over the last few years. Quite a lot. You get access to all of them for five dollars or more a month. Um, That's it. And like, and look, if, if you personally have wanted to know whether there is something on the back of the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> our most recent view, review might give you some indication as to how feasible that whole process would be. <laughs> all you need is a madman. All you need is Mister Cage. You need um, Mr. Cage. And you need O'Reilly. O'Reilly is key to the whole I'm not situation. going back into Riley. You'll hear my thoughts on <laughs> Riley in the review. Um, so, Sean, we are starting this week with some pretty big news. It's a, from a oh. movie that you and I, we both seen and we both thought, that's a bad idea. But you know what, <laughs> you know what Hollywood does? What do they like doing? Bad ideas and sequels and reboots. You're, yes, all of those things, because Miss Emma Stone has signed back on for the sequel to Cruella. We're getting another one, Sean, that's right. Okay, so following the naming conventions of movies in this, like, associated universe, this is going to be called 102 Cruellas, correct? (laughs) Yes, I can only assume. Right, and is this happening after she's suing Disney for breaching a contract? So, that isn't... We missed all of that, by the way. That We took our week off, and it was literally the day after we took our... Like, the start of our week off on yeah. the Monday. It all of that out. kicked off. And I just, like... I looked at my Twitter, and I just rolled my eyes, like, of course. <laughs> the one week. <laughs> um, but, I mean, this is in the wake of... Miss Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit and all of that stuff. Um, now, as of last week, apparently she was reportedly weighing her options on the matter, but she never went through with joining Scarlett Johansson on the on the what should I say the legal front. So yeah, yeah, on the courtroom floor, if you will. yeah, if if you will, yes. Um, but <laughs> what happened was Scarlett Johansson went through with it, and then the rumors were Emma Stone might be joining her. And now, now the news is that she is signed on for Cru- Cruella too. So, what do you make of that? Where are we? <laughs> uh, okay, so what we have here is that there's a movie that I didn't think needed to exist. Is now getting a sequel. <laughs> You're goddamn right. You're god. We need more of it. I mean, yeah. So, look, I'm I, look. We like Emma Stone on this podcast. She's been in very good things. Very talented uh, she's woman. Been in the the the, the pinnacle of Spider movies. She has started. Uh, <laughs> Amazing Spider Man two. Of course, Spider Man two. Correct. Um, but you, I've not. Look, I will confess, I've not seen Cruella. It's not a movie that interests me. But from the description I got and the trailers I saw, I don't know if that movie warrants a sequel. Because well, this is that first movie was meant to be Cruella coming into her own and owning herself as a person, despite the fact that her mother was killed by Dalmatians. <laughs> that's, that's the best part of the whole film, Sean. There's a scene yeah. where a bunch of Dalmatians kill someone. And I think every movie would be improved if that scene was included. 
if that was the ending to Endgame, I would be a happier man. That's how Tony totally Stark went. Tannis like, is about to snap him in two and just all these dogs just come over the hill. You're just like, fuck it. The thing is, it's Disney. Like, those assets probably live on the same server. So someone, mm. maybe a listener, could tie those two assets together. Now, it, it is strange because I think the movie only grossed like 230 million or something. But it was, right. of course, we say only... But it's the same with the Suicide Squad lately. There's a whole thing going on that's making people not kind of want to go to the cinema. You've probably noticed. Also, there's streaming services now. So you, I think they made an extra 21 million or something on the Disney Plus um, thing as well. So like 250 right. million, all said and done. But, I mean, it, wa- it did get a 97% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So mm. Yeah, it's a positive audience review which the fans are there the idea is that this movie came out and we thought this seems like a bit pointless Emma Stone very talented it's a bit weird but okay let's see what happens then this movie came out you thought okay that's a fun one and done what can you do it is a bit wacky but I think they pulled it off kind of yeah it's like okay okay that's the Cruella movie that's what that looks like in like and and now we're done with it and that's the end of the Cruella verse that they're setting up. But I don't know does that kind of movie warrant a sequel, really? When does get, she become Glenn Close is the real question. <laughs> see this is the thing, because no one's ever done that role better than Glenn Close, in my opinion. So I like here's the thing, is that Cruella as a movie, I don't think should exist. So by extension, I think Cruella 2 is a pointless endeavor. Same way I think Joker 2 is an a pointless endeavor. But now it's even more removed from the source material. So I'm curious what they would do with a second film. Because does they've she, already had... Cru- I, like, I was going to say, does she go more mad? Or does she become more redeemed? That's the... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's the question. Because I was under the impression that Cruella, the movie Cruella, would be about, you know, whatever her her name was before she was Cruella de Vil, becoming Cruella de Vil that we know from the 101 Dalmatians movie. Hmm. But it seems like now she's kind of in an in-between point where maybe they'll go off into a branching universe where she's founds a fucking dog rescue or something like that. She's a bit of an anti-hero when you really think about it, isn't she? In many ways, yeah. (laughs) Because what they're going to have to do, they're going to have to do what they're doing with uh, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, where they introduce a worse version of Cruella de Vil (laughs) for Cruella de Vil to be the protagonist against. I just want to skin 103 Dalmatians. Okay, fucking hang on. Ah, come on. Dial it back a bit. Dial it back at least one. (laughs) For God's sake. At that at that point, you have the devil wears Pratt. <laughs> yeah, you do. So I am interested to see where they go with this. But once again, I think you're right. I think this kind of falls for me in the Joker 2 realm, where it's kind of like the fun. The first one could just have been a fun for one and done. You get, you get out. It's a unique idea. Everybody's doing it these days that they're like, we're going to take the villain, give them an origin because that's cool. And yeah. that's fine. Make a movie, make your money. But when you start doing twos and threes, 
this is what I'm like, lads, <laughs> do something it, else. <laughs> just on this as well, do you feel the goalposts have shifted for what a successful movie is? Because with The Global Bastard, as we call it here locally on the show, like, Cruella made, what did you say, $215 million? Two, something 250. Like that. Yeah, and Black Widow made about the same. Is that that's that would probably be considered a good release in the times we're living in, in terms of like cinema budgets and things like that, and including the Disney Plus premiere access that they did for those. So, do you think? Because I'm thinking down the line with like the likes of Shang Chi and things that are coming out in September, which apparently is not getting a Disney Plus release. I, I seen that this week that they're not releasing that on Disney Plus because they're like we're yeah. not giving them the chance. <laughs> so. Do you think that, like, if they if that got two hundred million at the box office, would that be considered a success or a failure in the times that we're living in? Um, see, it's interesting because that's a whole big discussion on they could just literally look at Shang Chi. Oh, that nobody wants that. It only made two hundred million, but they look at Black Widow, be like, oh, everyone loved that because it made two hundred fifty yeah. million. But it's because Black Widow's. Uh, she's already a set-up force and Shang-Chi is brand new. So it'd be very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy or Black Panther. Coming out, yes. they make 200 million. They're like, okay, well, that's a risk that didn't work out. We're not going to do that again. But they came out to gangbusters. They came out to loads of money. They were like, fuck it, let's do it again. Whereas I think the goalpost would be changed slightly. We're, we're, depending on the movie, I suppose. And depends on the studio as well yeah that's true because like looking at it there i and i looked this up just now is black widow had a, bu- had a budget of around 200 million dollars made a box office of, of 367.8 million which technically is considered a failure because it didn't make double the budget because uh, yeah. when marketing and things are worked into it and things like that so and that's, as you say, an established character in an established universe. So how well is Cruella 2 going to do? What, like, if Now, I suppose that might release in a time... Oh, I'm not even going to say in a time when things are back to normal. Oh, but in a time when cinemas might be more accessible, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> Look, I think it's all up in the air. For the minute, what's important is that they're definitely doing number two. And if that does well, they will definitely do a number three. And at some point, that woman has to decide that she wants to skin some dogs. And I think at that point, anti-hero kind of goes out the window. I think, wouldn't it be amazing if we had a heel turn and she just full-on skinned the dog in the movie? <laughs> the start of the next one is her just grabbing a poodle. Fucking come here. Like, it opens to the sound of sharpening a cleaver. Like, <laughs> And all the kids in the audience are like, what's going on? What's going on here? Actually, sorry, speaking of kids in audience, I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but I went to the cinema, like, uh, like the week Inside Out opened in cinemas. I went with a few friends. And we got to the end of the film, where, spoilers for Inside Out, the, 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 the girl is the like the young girl is running away from home and her parents like come and find her at the bus station and take her and she's okay at that moment a child in the cinema burst out crying and just she screamed i want my daddy 
And I'm like, oh, this is this is a harrowing moment for everyone involved. But you know what? If Pixar were there, they'd go, yes, we did it. Yes. <laughs> She'll never forget that movie. Now let's fucking show her up. Where's this young one? Oh, God. Oh, God. Let's show her Cruella 4. <laughs> um, so, Sean, we're going to have to move on to our next piece of news. And this involves one of our favourite people involved in the film. It's Mr. Oh. Taika Waititi. And oh, Taika. What's Taika up to? So, not only is he involved with Free Guy, not only is he involved with Tor 4. Um, Tor 4. Mm. Um, 4. But, <laughs> 4 Tor. Um, but surely they just do the number 4 and... H-O-R or am I just crazy what I think they should do is For Love and Thunder I think that would be a great title for it ah, good well done yes um, but <laughs> Taika Waititi is also involved with another pros- project that it's it's a property that you kind of like Sean and it's kind of big and that is Star Wars because <gasps> Taika Waititi is of course we all forget I think because he's involved yeah. in so many things he's <laughs> doing his this. own Star Wars film and he was asked about it in a recent interview with Wired because he's, of course, doing the press junket for Free Guy. And he was asked, how's it going? What stage is it at at the minute? And he said that this um, the script is all done. Um, now, he's he's putting his focus on Star Wars at the minute. They've got a story, sorry. They don't have the script done, but they've got the whole story. And he says, in his own words, I'm really excited by it because it feels very me. Which, I heard that and I thought, that's not going to work in Star Wars, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Lucasfilm is not happy, I would say. <laughs> Personality? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but, like, very, yeah, very Taika Waititi could be a selling point for a movie at this point. Mm. Like, be- because of the success, mainly of Thor Ragnarok. And also, like, the, the fairly well like established critical success of things like Jojo Rabbit and Hunt for the Wilder People and things like that. Like he's become kind of a household name overnight, so I feel like he can do what he wants. Same as James Gunn, the way he got free reign with Suicide Squad. I feel like they might just give him free reign with Star Wars. And I feel like that might be more polarizing than what Ryan Johnson did yeah, with Star Wars. I, I think this is gonna be more like, for what people thought of it, this is going to be more. But the one thing that we know with Taika Waititi, especially with Jojo Rabbit, is that he can kind of trick you. So he can make you laugh for the whole film. And then at the end, you're like, oh shit, he's making me feel something. Like, yeah. he may the, have been your yeah. daddy, but he wasn't your father kind of thing. Or no, it's the other way around. He may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah, and and like yeah, and like in Jojo Rabbit, like the example I give for how Taiko Kitsi can the shoes, man, mm-hmm. like that's that's the benchmark for here's a traditionally fairly comic director able to deliver an emotional gut punch that sticks with you. So, and that could work in a Star Wars universe, um, but you have to buy in. That's the problem, and. We've seen with Ryan Johnson that a lot of these people, these people, a lot these of these, people. a lot of people involved with Star Wars or who love Star Wars, they didn't like Ryan Johnson. But I think Taika has a bit more. I suppose he's got the backing. Like we've seen him do space movies before, and he's also quite likable. And so I think it's very hard to not. 
go in and be like, okay, well, give him the benefit of the doubt, and you have to surely know what you're looking for in this film. That's a th- yeah. I feel there is a good intersection of Marvel fans and Star Wars fans, um, especially now under the Disney umbrella. They're all under the uh, same people. Yeah, and so, like, I feel like Ta- Taika might have a certain amount of good faith um, generated among those fans, whereas Ryan Johnson was coming in fairly like. Look, now look, he had done amazing things. He had done a, a good few episodes of Breaking Bad and things like that when he came into Star Wars. But nothing in the same wheelhouse, I would say. Whereas I feel like in the new era of Disney's Star Wars, with things like uh, The Mandalorian and Bad Batch and all that kind of thing, there's room to deal with the universe in other ways, other than the one hero versus one bad guy kind of thing that they built up in in, in, and in, in the, the previous the one bad six guy movies. is the one bad guy someone we know look i i have this theory okay so <laughs> there's a little known character called emperor palpatine <laughs> anyone heard of him he's coming back <laughs> imagine he I, brought but, him back <laughs> see with taika with i could fully see an emperor palpatine impersonator being a main plot point in this or it could be a situation where someone's like he's back and then they kill him in 10 seconds and then just move on to the real villain of the film like oh no he's back it's like the first action set piece and it turns out like oh Darth Vader's back oh no (laughs) they're all back Maul Vader and Palpatine in a line he's like oh no they're all and our heroes have no interest they're like I'm getting the fuck out of here I got another plot over here it's at like an hour and a half after episode nine, and it's just a puppet <laughs> show recapping everything that went on. <laughs> He's also doing Flash Gordon at the minute, the live action Flash Gordon. Yeah, I think we talked about that in the past, and that's a really good fit for such a campy, dumb show from the 80s. So he's doing, like, all of this stuff at once, along with, um, like, he's also working on a sequel to What We Do With The Shadows. So he's doing Flash Gordon, What We Do With The, in the Shadows, the Star Wars film, and Tor, all at the same time. I feel like, that's, I feel like most of that, and, and no discredit to him at all, it's an amazing achievement. I feel like after Thor Ragnarok came out, he was the hottest commodity in Hollywood at the time. And he just took projects that he liked and now he's just working away on them. They'll come out when they come out kind of a thing. Yeah, and I think the fact that he is co-writing and directing this Star Wars film, um, he's co-writing with it um, with, Chris, with Christy Wilson Cairns, who wrote 1917. So you've got like a weird Fuck. mixture there of like, yeah. like war film and then Taika combined yeah, together. Because you have a really like grounded film with a lot of heart and realism in it. And then you have Taika fucking Watiti doing whatever he wants. <laughs> Could he, I mean this is a very big question, very early on. I'm looking for very broad predictions, very early. Right. You see nothing, we've seen no footage. Kang the Conqueror will not show up. I'm going to ask, will he reinvigorate the Star Wars franchise? I, oh, that, is a, that, is a, that is a very broad question and it's very <laughs> early in the process. So please feel free. I'm aware, but yeah. go on. Let's speculate. I, no, 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 very good. It's a fair question. My thoughts on this, I feel like there is a certain amount of the franchise reinvigorated at the minute already. 
because yeah. of Mandalorian John, because of John and Bad Favreau. Batch. Because of John Favreau, exactly. Mm. Um, and I feel like in with with with, with enough differentiation from those kind of projects, um, then you might get a certain bracket of the Star Wars fans that like certain things about the original movies. You might alienate some of the fans who like, here's the story about the bounty hunter and it's very ground level in terms of the whole galaxy. But if it's, you know, a lot of aliens cursing at each other for 90 minutes... That might be not be everyone's cup of tea. I think Taika Waititi, for as like broad appeal as he has, I think he could be quite polarizing in such an already established universe. But I also, personally am curious to see it. Also, I think I would, I would just feel that Star Wars is big enough that you can have multiple vibes from multiple different places. If yeah. you watch your serious stuff. Go to this place. If you want your jokes, go to this place. Depending on mood, mood you have. Why? And I mean, we're not on the payroll, but they're under the same big umbrella of Disney. Why Marvel yeah. works is because they have these different films. Like, The Winter Soldier is completely different to Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're in the same universe. But depending on your mood, like you might sit down and go, I might watch Guardians of the Galaxy if I'm looking for a comedy, or I'm looking for a spy drama. Might look at Winter Soldier. It's a case of Star Wars exactly. is so Star Wars is just as big. Go to somewhere in the fucking galaxy and have some really serious shit, and somewhere else where everybody's an idiot. Yeah, like yeah, you have these corners of the universe that you can just set up camp in for whatever you feel like. So, if if you want a grounded, pretty much a Western story, watch The Mandalorian. If you want a comedy, probably, and we're. We're, we're assuming at this point, but if you want a comedy, watch the Taika Waititi stuff. If you want, you know, good character development, watch episodes one and two of the Star Wars franchise. And, <laughs> and if you want if you want a fucking bore fest, watch the original yeah. trilogy, I guess. Or maybe like the Obi-Wan series. Bleh. Bleh. Fuck off. Who cares about that? <laughs> but Sean, we're going to have to move on because we have been talking about this because I have news just for you. That I've thrown in oh. just for you. And that National is... Treasure Tree. Not, oh, a log... Not that lines, <laughs> but same love level, I would say. And oh, God, you brought okay. up a few months ago. Um, a sequel could be happening with a movie involving Mr. Hugh Jackman and director <gasps> Shaud Levy. Real Steel <gasps> <two. What>? Really? <laughs> yeah. It's been a decade... <laughs> Yes, give it to me. Give me Hugh Jackman being a boxing coach for robots. Now, here's the thing. I had never heard of Real Steel until you brought it up on the show and you gave a really impassioned five-minute speech about how much you love this film and how great it was. And I think completely derailed whatever news story we were talking about that day. But, Sean, my only question is, what is Real Steel and why should we be excited about number two? Right, okay, so basically, the first one is that um, Hugh Jackman is an out-of-work boxer, and he becomes the owner of a robot who is also a boxer, and basically, it's it's a whole movie, it's it's about, like, it could have been told in the 20s with regular boxers, as, like, owing gambling debts, it's that kind of a story, Um, and learning to love your coach and all this kind of shit. 
but it's a robot and you check with of course so it's fun. <laughs> and so the he, the what's the fucking robot's name i think it's it's like molecule no it's atom or some shit like that and atom becomes at the end because he's such an underdog Atom, Hugh Jackman's robot, becomes like the people's champion. Oh, of course, the rock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everyone's rooting for this one robot. So I guess now you have a situation where they leave on top. Like the underdog has become the top dog, and like they're they're both at the height of their careers. And then I guess you have the robot in the sequel <laughs> fall from grace. <laughs> he gets fat. The robot gets out of shape. He's got. Yeah, it's hard to wake up and train when you're in those silk robes. You know what I mean? It's, he, he, it's the money's so gone to his head. And like, oh, every time you try to put a towel around a robot, they just rust. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking it, murder. It, it's not good. But they are going to be doing a sequel. Um, the original movie. Also, I know why it was brought up because we were talking about Rock'em Sock'em Robots, which stars Vin Diesel, and that they announced, I think, in May of this year. And so you brought this up as a, yeah. this is way better. And something I found out just reading this article is that apparently Real Steel made the top 10 most watched titles on Netflix during lockdown. It's, honestly, it's genuinely great, like, as a movie. Because and so this I have is, never seen it. I feel like I'm missing out. Can I spoil a bit of it for you? Um, and actually, it's a, like the climax of the movie, so I'm not sure I want to even spoil it. Oh, well, I t- you know what? I think I'll be okay to live with myself if you do. Right. So at the end of it, um, he's, Atom is damaged. So what happens is Hugh Jackman, the ex-boxer, who's been down on his he links in and he boxes the robot as Hugh Jackman, but through a robot. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, they're going to be doing a number two... I don't know. I was about to say, will people care? But it's a top ten stream thing on Netflix. Maybe they will. I, see, I think it's a. Re- I don't know if it's a good cinema movie. I think it's a really good Netflix movie. And like, also, is it going to be like Rocky Two? Is the main question. Oh well, if it was like Rocky Three, we'd be sorted. But we're not quite there yet. No, it's Rocky uh, Two. He has to lose, so the robot has to like be down and out, or he's on. A, he's on top. Then he goes to a big fight. He's too cocky. Then he loses. See, because it's a robot, you could do the thing that, like, you know, Hugh Jackman couldn't handle the success and he sells the robot. You know? And then, then and then, like, the robot's fighting and winning, but, like, the robot learns to love at the end of it. And he's like, I miss Hugh Jack. I miss that huge jacked man I used to hang out with. We all feel that, though. We all feel the robot is just a robot, but he's just like us. We're the, yeah, the robot is the everyman in this scenario. We all miss Hugh Jackman when he's not around. <laughs> but like, I, I look, I think this might be in production simply because of that Vin Diesel Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. As a fuck genuine, you. As a fuck you or as a, okay, we need to protect our intellectual property here. Mm. So let's let's just make another one just in case. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, if we seen a robot movie starring Hugh Jackman come out and a different robot movie starring Vin Diesel come out, I think we all know which one we're going to see. And it's not the man with La Familia. No, not, oh, there's no La Familia in Rock'em Sock'em Robots, you see. But there is La Familia 
in Real Steel 2. <laughs> Do you work for to, Real Steel 2? Well, to Real 2 Steel, we would call it in, in would, office. By the way, that would be so us if we didn't get on the payroll of Marvel or DC, but you somehow wormed your way into the payroll of Real Steel, <laughs> the franchise. <laughs> Can we look every for people that don't know? We do a Patreon hat every month, which is where we have a load of movies in the hat. We pull one out and we do a review of it. Can I, without any listener ever asking for it, can I add real steel to that? No. Oh <laughs> no, fine. Listen, okay, we will add it. In. Listeners, listeners, I have a favor to ask you, <laughs> patrons, please, patrons, please, just. Which is one of you is all I need. You see, they're fucking. They threw in Daredevil, Batman, and Robin. They don't like us, and they know I don't want to watch this. So, guaranteed, National Treasure. National <laughs> Treasure. Watch that. Mighty, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Connor. <laughs> and that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That nah, was shit. It's the worst movie we've ever watched together. Uh, League look, of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Batman and Robin. We can both agree that one of those was terrible. Oh, the Clone Wars. Uh, <laughs> Clone Wars, actually, yeah, you, you've yeah. You, I, look, you, your past faults are forgiven. If anyone suggests real steel for that, please, <laughs> your that's past all I need. Faults. You're just nagging them. In the not post. just look, not just in relation to that. I will absolve you of sins if you submit real steel. Bless us. <laughs> you have been blessed. <laughs> Um, I know what our Christmas movie is. (laughs) So we're moving on, Sean, to our next piece of news. And this involves a movie you mentioned earlier on with the news of Cruella. And that was that Tom Hardy has come out and he is discussing Venom 2. Because Mm. that movie is, I mean, it's coming out, Sean. Let let there be carnage. We're all Come hell or high water, that movie is coming out. Mm -hmm. And so more trailers are coming every single day. But... Sean, Venom 2 has Sony apparently, reportedly, very, very pleased about how it turned out and that Tom Hardy is already thinking about Venom number 3. Oh yes! Okay, before we get into any concept about Venom 3 or anything like that, they are definitely calling it V3NOM, right? Oh, I mean, if they do, they're idiots. They're it fucking is Sony like- though. It is Sony. That's the thing. That's the <laughs> They'd thing. They call it, it Venom number three. <laughs> yes. They call it, it Venom the third. <laughs> Venom the third. Venom the third movie of our series of Venom films would be what it's called. In the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Isn't yes. that what they call it? So the so the report is that they are very pleased with how number two has turned out and that Tom Hardy is already kind of planning a third one because, of course, it won't be greenlit until the second one is successful, but the studio were really, really pleased with number two, was his exact quote. Right. So that's the studio, though. Like, I feel we can never trust studios because... A studio gave a standing ovation to Batman versus Superman. I was literally just about to bring that up. <laughs> After that news came out, I remember walking, like, I think I was in college, and I walked in the next day, like, all cocky, like, yes, this movie's <laughs> going to be fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you stop trusting the media. <laughs> Never believed them. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's... Okay, I'm... I'm glad that the multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar 
studio is happy with the movie they made. Mm. That's good that they haven't decided it's shit. But I feel they also have some level of bias involved in that. Also, I'm pretty sure um, Tom Hardy is signed on to play Eddie Brock for a trilogy. Like, it's in his contract. So I think yeah. they already had three of them lined up because they knew the first one was going to make money. And, I mean, Tom Hardy, very talented man. So get him involved. You hopefully will make a lot more money. Venom is a very well-known property. You don't have Spider-Man, but he's like second best you could get. So... Just on that, like, I, I saw a news report earlier in the day that apparently Tom... Like, and it, it it's really telling of how, like, a news source will generate a story because it was like Tom Hardy would love to work with Tom Holland as Spider-Man and like you read through it and the interviewer just asked like oh and would you like to work with uh, would you be interested in like Venom meets Spider-Man and Tom Hardy effectively just went like yeah Tom Holland seems cool (laughs) (laughs) but that's the any of these press junkets like you have to go through the quote because all of it is just shit more, most of it, as you said, is them throwing a name and then being like, what do you think of The, the Rock? It's like, oh yeah, he's pretty big. Uh, like, he's a nice man. And then the next day is just like, Vin Diesel wants to fight The Rock. <laughs> he said <Yeah>. he's big. <laughs> said it was huge. Yeah, like, so you have to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt. Look, in many ways, I'm glad Tom Hardy likes playing this character. I'm like... I'm glad he's happy with what they're doing with it because the worst thing is when an actor is like feels underutilized in the role. Not to bring Jared Leto into things, but speaking um, of Jared, um, Morbius, Morbius, Morbius is in the same universe, and I'm pretty positive we got our first sign because the director uh, this week, Daniel Espinosa, mentioned that he was very happy working with all of these different actors. Um, yes. and he was saying oh something about Michael Keaton and Jared Leto and then he just reeled off Tom Hardy's name so I'm pretty sure that means we're getting Venom in Morbius see this fucks the whole thing because in Morbius we are apparently getting Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes or the Vulture who was the Vulture in the Spider-Man Homecoming yes so in a way, Venom and Tom Holland's Spider-Man are in the same universe. Is that correct? But, but technically, there's a multiverse situation occurring right now. So they always have that get-out clause. That's very true. And also, the, the graffiti of Spider-Man in the Morbius trailer, that's on like the wall of the alley, that's ripped from the Spider-Man PS4 game. Yes, so this is the Spider-Man PS4 game universe. <laughs> I guess, or unless in the Marvel Cinematic Universe there exists the same Spider-Man oh, no. PS4 game that exists in our universe. Oh, my head hurts. The, uh, um, c- no, it, I think what's happening is Venom is appearing in Morbius, and so maybe they work together as two anti-heroes to two stop anti-heroes. somebody else. Um, or Eddie Brock is anti-hero. just there. Or, yeah, Eddie Brock is just there as a journalist for some yeah. reason. We didn't really talk about the Venom trailer in full because it kind of came out in our week off. Um, I, I just, it, 
the effects on Carnage do not look very good. I understand it's a trailer, but they still do not look very good in that. Um, but Venom actually looks, I think, better than the first movie. They put so, all the budget into that. That maybe, maybe it's as if he's appearing in multiple films across multiple universes. Perhaps. Multiple studios <laughs> might be putting together what they have. Maybe they have that Marvel money now. Oh, shit. So maybe we could be getting a Tommy Holland. Maybe Tommy <laughs> Netherlands could be appearing. That's, oh, he did go to the Netherlands in Far From Home, didn't he? <laughs> he did. That's where they got the idea. Me. That's where he got his last name from. <laughs> the man. The family name. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so we're now aware that they are probably going to be working for a Venom 3 we haven't seen Venom 2 this is always a bad sign for a studio when you start doing third ones before the second one is good but hopefully they've seen it and the studio execs maybe this is the one time we can believe them Sean maybe this is the one where they've made a movie themselves and they've thought that's good that's yeah maybe all those millionaires understand a hard graft and creative passion Although the best one of any of them when they show it to the crew or to the studio will forever be uh, The Phantom Menace on that Star Wars documentary when they show it to everybody and this is like the first time all the crew have seen the film like finished and at the end of it it goes down and George Lucas just stands up and is just like everybody leave and (laughs) it's just him and like two other people and he's just like maybe we've gone too far. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like when, yeah, when when the movie screening ends with everybody leave, don't talk to each other. <laughs> um, so, Sean, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is... This piece of news is only here because it made me laugh because of how absurd it is. So, earlier on in the show, you were talking about how much money you think Shang-Chi could make. So, what? how much did we put on it there? I think around 300 million, say. Like it's a with pandemic. cinema release, it's, yeah, it's, it's a pandemic. So <laughs> it's a pandemic, guys. Come on, it, it is a pandemic. So I mean, what's interesting though is there's a little movie that's coming out that is finally coming out over two years after it was meant to come out, and that is <gasps> No Time to Die, Sean. I was hoping it would be No Time to Die, Connor. <laughs> And we have found out how much No Time to Die has to make to break even. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is it more than any movie has ever made in history? Now, remember, this movie was originally made when cinemas... There was no nothing resembling a pandemic. So it This was movie was... When it taught, so... when, just when Avengers Endgame had made $3 billion. Yes, but this movie had also been, like... Scheduled to come out for years and had already been delayed. Like, from what I remember, we were on the radio talking about this particular Bond movie coming out in September of 2018. Was that right? I think it might be 2018, yes. Yeah, and then it got delayed to 2019. And then May of 2020. Definitely, lads. No Time to Die is coming out May of 20... Oh, God, no. <laughs> and then... Now, the, the last two films, Skyfall, made a billion dollars. So, yeah, cool I mean... It made a cool mill. Spectre made a little less. It made, like, 880 million. So, I mean, what can you do? But this one, this is after coming out. So, I mean, 
the biggest movie of the pandemic so far has been Fast and Furious 9, which, after its whole run, made nearly $650 million. That's that's impressive, given the circumstances. Because all of the rest of those films broke a billion. Easy. So they're all like... Like, I think number seven is the top ten grossing movies of all time. So... Yeah, six, yeah. 650 is, like, coming in big. We have found out that No Time to Die, <laughs> a movie that will definitely not make this, has to make $900 million <laughs> to break oh. even. Oh, no. <laughs> they're going to lose so much money. <laughs> I, I seen that headline and it was one of those double takes where I read it and I went, wait, what? No <laughs> what? hope of making 900 million. No, not in, honestly, probably not in regular times would it make that much money. So where they come up to this is that the original movie cost 214 million to make. Um, mm. uh, all All together. So... Now, that was originally, so a year later that has risen to around $226 million or $314 million. Um, once marketing costs come into the play, that rises to $500 million. And then they have to bring in the box office figures that they have to play, pay out to the cinemas, MGM, um, and all all of the streaming services, and basically everybody else. And so they have to spend another $450 million to pay everybody else off because it's been put off for so long. I think there was a figure that for every month it was gone. Like it cost them a substantial amount of money for every month that it wouldn't come out. And that was like I two years it. ago. And it, Yeah, and it's just been ticking over since then. Wasn't there a thing not too long ago that they tried to sell it? Uh, to streaming services and they wanted for like, like for 800 million or something 800 million which presumably at the time that would be the amount that they would have broken even at yeah and so now this movie this James Bond film that is scheduled to release on the 30th of September is going oh no <laughs> oh no it's not summer blockbuster it's not Christmas family film lads it's right in the middle of Delta. <laughs> They're coming in hot. It's in the middle of Delta. All the kids are back at school. Yeah. Holidays are over. Yes. <laughs> and people are starting to save for Christmas. I'm thinking it could break six billion. I'm thinking Avatar 5 money. Um, look, poor Daniel Craig. Sometimes you just read a headline and you think, oh, Daniel... What has gone wrong? <laughs> like, D- Daniel Craig is still going to have to do... Like, next month, he's going to be have to be doing promo for that film. <laughs> and he's like, just bring me back to Knives Out 2. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> I just want to make Knives Out, guys. I just want to be a detective. <laughs> and so, yeah, they have to make $900 billion to break even, which means they're... 900 probably, billion, you say? Oh, sorry, 900 million, I should say. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it must feel like 900 billion. <laughs> It might as well be, like, really. <laughs> They're not going to make it. If that movie makes 900 million, I think the two of us will have to do some mad shit as a, as a concession, because I'd be fairly That's confident a- that that movie will definitely not break, what we said, 
300 million? 400 million? I would give it five. I would give it 500 million. Okay. Look, if it drinks 500 million, if it uh, crosses 500 million in profit, I will... What will I do, Connor? I will drink a load of cans and then do the podcast. <laughs> that's, that's your daily routine. No, no, not, not daily, please. <laughs> we only record some days. So. Yeah, bi-weekly, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're moving on to our next piece. That story is just there to laugh. Because it made me <laughs> just to laugh at others' misfortune. <laughs> I just laugh at Daniel. Is there ever been a more cursed production? I feel like there's probably those ones with ghosts and like, oh, like two people randomly did stuff that is bad. Like, or I don't know, maybe a death or two, but maybe a death or two. (laughs) In terms of cursed production where nobody was harmed, I feel like this is a lot. Yeah, I think so. Like, look, maybe. Daniel Craig made a deal with some kind of demonic figure and is like, I just want to play Benoit Blanc forever. And it's like, okay, but okay, <laughs> you have to but- also promote Skyfall for the rest of your or No Time to Die for the rest of your life. No, Skyfall. <laughs> you have to promote Skyfall. a movie already out. <laughs> I feel he'd be more fine with that than doing I think so. No Time I, to Die. <laughs> I think so. Um, so, Sean, we're moving on to our next piece of news and I have a rumour about... <sighs> A certain film that you know and I know as the Flash movie. Um, so, uh, do we know it as the Flash movie or that movie that's never coming out? I what think it's we called call it the, the Flash. Flash. Right. Okay. We can only go off that. But um, <laughs> Sean, we know that all these people are appearing in it. We've got Ben Affleck. We've got yeah. Mr. Keaton. We we've got Ezra Miller. It, there's a whole host of people. He's going around to all these different universes and on timelines and they're doing Flashpoint. It's a pretty big deal. What we don't know, and what's interesting, is who the villain is of the movie. Yeah. Perhaps it's yeah, perhaps it's society, Connor. Uh, we do live in a society. We uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, perhaps <laughs> it's Robert De Niro as a talk show host. Can we bring that back again? <laughs> um, but what this report states, Sean, and now I will admit that this is just a rumour, but it does seem to have a bit of, I was going to say legs, but that seemed like a flash pun, um, that because we have never... we <laughs> have run with it. It'll be fine. Ah, well done. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't need these jokes. Um, so... <laughs> So, um, so um, what we don't know is who the villain is, as I said, but what would make sense is that this report states that the villain is another Barry Allen. That's right. It's a Flash, other Flash villain, which I think the TV show does every season. So I think, every why se- not? <laughs> yeah. The the I I used to work with someone and they just they they watched the Flash like week on week, and every week it was like what someone faster than the Flash. <laughs> you have to have the moment where he tries to punch them super fast and they dodge it, and he has that moment on his face like oh shit these guys are faster than me. <laughs> they can keep up with me. Oh no! <laughs> it's my one like, thing. And is it a Flash from? Because we've had Flash. What's the name of the one that's the Flash, but he's evil, but it's... Reverse it's, Flash. It, it, 
is it reverse flash it's there reverse. was another name who was it in I think it was Zoom. in like season 4 of, not even <laughs> see again it's a different dude <laughs> I'm just going to keep gonna... saying flashes uh, Eve uh, okay this is going to be the worst West. Google search Mr. West is, do you know is Wally West Wally West is in the flash I think I think he TV is now show. I don't know I haven't been keeping up with season 6 or season 7 Eve or whatever they're on top 10 uh because uh, he's, he's 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 he looks like Grant Gustin, he's effectively Grant Gustin, but he's not Reverse Flash. He's t- t- Tom t- Time Temp Temp for I ah, uh, hang on, Bizarro, not Kingdom Come, not Red Death, not Johnny Quick, not the Crash, not the crash. Female Flash, <laughs> not Nazi Speedster. <laughs> What's his accelerate man? What is his deal? He's very quick, but he's also a Nazi. He's got some so. strong beliefs, but he likes running. It, it's <laughs> I don't think Nazis can be described as strong beliefs. Can they? <laughs> I don't uh, want to both sides the Nazi situation. I think he's wrong. <laughs> I think he's fine to run, but everything else about him is wrong, Sean. The, you know what? I would agree with you that uh, everything about Nazi Flash is wrong. <laughs> if this turns out to be fucking Reverse Flash, I'm not going to be happy. D- but would they do that? Would they introduce Reverse Flash in a movie where we're basically learning all about the Flash? Yes, this is the DCEU. Savitar, that's his name. Okay. Savitar, a time remnant of Barry Allen that split off and lived a life of its own. Oh, then okay, became sorry. evil. I do apologize. To be fair, in Flashpoint could work, you know. He's you, I mean, he's going around to different timelines. You just have a bad Flash. So you have like, yeah, so then you have I guess the Flash that was left behind. Well, Maybe? I mean, th- there is precedent for that in the Justice League series where um when they're hopping around time, they get to a point where the Justice League have basically taken over America. And, like, they're just, they're seen as, like, Batman meets Batman. But the Batman he meets is, like, he's all about control. Which regular Batman is, but he's, like, uh, we should control the people. And so him and Superman gosh. and Wonder Woman, like, lead the country. And they just crack down at anyone. So there's no crime, because they just kill them. Maybe that's it. I like, I'll, uh, like, Zoom would probably work better as, like, the serial killer that he is. That's a pretty good villain for a flash origin movie i would say yeah and i think in flashpoint barry allen blames um mr tone uh basically reverse reverse flash and he blames him for all of like the time traveling stuff that's misfortune but you could have you could have reverse flash in it i think i'll be honest i find barry allen fighting somebody who's also really fast boring but also i understand because he's basically a god that's what you have to do yeah like it's it could because once two super quick super speed people are fighting each other it might as well be two regular speed people fighting each other Mm. um which is why I think it should be Captain Cold should be the no, villain. I think it should be Mirror Master. I Mirror Master, you've done a report on and is fucking ridiculous. I think he's a ludicrous character, but is really fucked up. And you could do like a really cool storyline, but you couldn't do it in a Flashpoint storyline. 
So I think Flashpoint, you have to go down the, the road that Barry finds a bad version of himself. And he's just like, the bad version of himself is happy being, I don't know, a god in his universe. And is like trying to stop this time traveling happening. Yeah. Yeah. And look, maybe set up Mirror Master as a bigger bad then. That, like, They're not going to set up Mirror Masters a bigger His bad. mirror can see any universe and any parallel dimension and, <laughs> you know, move forward from there. I love Mirror Master, but they definitely will not use him. Even though he's so cool, like he just traps Flash in a universe of mirrors. And he's like, okay, talk to you later. You can only enter yeah. through one mirror. Sorry, <laughs> I'll leave now. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, if you find the mirror, fine, but there's infinite mirrors. There's yeah. infinite mirrors in this room. Uh, look, I that that is, of course, just a rumour that we don't know, but we haven't heard anything about the villain in that movie, so it makes sense that if we're going off the CW, they will just do a character who's just as fast as the Flash fighting the Flash. Yeah, which, look, fine, I guess, but, like, and that would have been grand eight years ago. That yes. would have been a perfectly, perfectly suitable opposition even, to The Flash. I would have said even season one of The Flash. I was like, I'm intrigued. This guy's just as quick. Who's just as quick as The Flash? I don't know. The Flash. But but even like season one, The Flash, they had it like Eobard Thawne was in the um, Star Labs. He yeah. was in Star Labs. But he was like a Played wheelchair Tom user. Tom Cavanagh, JD's brother in Scrubs. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, but there's a whole plot point. Whereas I remember coming back into it, I, I, if people like The Flash, that's absolutely fine. But I kind of left it for a few years, and then I came back, and I was like, "Oh, the big bad is another fast guy from a different universe." Okay, cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like, and yeah, I, I had to choose between Flash and Arrow. Mm. And I chose Arrow because I couldn't keep up with two shows. Then I couldn't even keep up with Arrow beyond a certain point. Uh, and so I dropped it there. So, like, the last time I remember watching The Flash, I think he was fighting, he was getting ready to fight, like, Grodd at that point. Oh, okay. You so, could have so Grodd got, as the villain. I would have Grodd as the villain. Grodd, yeah. Grodd would be good because that's, like, it's a Flash villain traditionally. But he's like he's a different level of power. Like he's an intelligent character who's also a a gorilla. Uh, so you have like this, you know, mind versus speed kind of a deal. Yeah, or like you could just do King Shark. Just have now yeah. when King Shark is introduced, or Captain Boomer with it. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> now speaking of Captain Boomer and Sean, it takes us to our last story of the week. And that involves another one of our favourite directors, Mr. James Gunn. That oh. uh, a little movie came out recently called The Suicide Squad. And we know I that he heard. is already helming the Peacemaker spin-off series for HBO Max. But Sean, not only is after he goes back to Marvel, he's, he's going back because he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and he's doing a holiday special over there. James Gunn has reportedly more plans for the DC's villain verse that it is reported that they could be bringing him back into the DC universe after he goes back to Marvel. So he's the first well, person to just hop between the two. I mean, why wouldn't they want him back? Presumably, they'll just offer him any amount of money necessary 
to get him back after the success of the Suicide Squad. Because it seems and, anything he touches turns to gold at this point. And I think for the Suicide Squad, he's the perfect director. I think they've just nailed that, oh, well, he's the guy. If you want to do a Suicide Squad film and make a lot of money and introduce a whole bunch of characters that we can now make spin-offs of, we should probably just bring in James Gunn because he'll make us like them. Yeah, like, to put things in perspective, Suicide Squad... Oh, no, sorry, wait. I'm looking at the one from 2016. <laughs> Hang on. Wait a the, minute. The. The. Oh, wait, the. it still brings it up. Uh... Hang on, the Suicide Squad box. Just click on the link that has 2021 beside it. Well, I need to type in 2021, Connor. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Okay, hang on. In its first... Okay, so in the first week, it's made $118 million in a week across the world. With COVID and Delta and no digital release in sight. So that's what it's working with. But it's been, like, commercially... And critically, very positive, I would think. Certainly more than the original Suicide Squad. Mm, true. Uh, so, why wouldn't they want to get that director back? Do, do you think they might... Would... Okay, this is, a, this is a question I already know the answer to. Do you think Disney would be so petty as to create an exclusivity deal with certain directors. Um, I mean, they would, because you don't become a monopoly without just destroying everybody. But (laughs) I think James Gunn has the sway that he doesn't have to put that in his contract. He's already done two movies for them and made them an awful lot of money. And it'd be very similar to Jon Favreau. If they were like, we only want you to do Iron Man films, he's like... No, (laughs) I'm going to do whatever I want. I think James Gunn has the same privilege um, that he can kind of swap between the two. And he even said himself, talking during the press junket, this is where this news story has come out, is that he has all, this is quote, I have all sorts of ideas and we talk about all the time. So I don't feel I'm done with this villain verse just yet. I want to come back. So villain verse. He says villain verse, which I think maybe he refers to as his Suicide Squad universe. That's like yeah. a little weird corner that he could just kill off people whenever he wants and bring in more C and D listers. I guess so, yeah. Because like, how many C and D list villains are there in DC? Probably infinite for all intents and purposes. I also think Margot Robbie would want him to direct a movie. I know Margot Robbie has spoken of stepping away as Harley Quinn, but mm. she said the one thing that would bring her back is if they brought in Poison Ivy in some capacity. So if you had a situation where there was a Harley Quinn and a Poison Ivy property, I mean, Margot Robbie, the first person she would go to would probably be James Gunn now after what he did for her in this film, because I think she's pretty perfect as Harley Quinn in this as well. Um, or even Birds of Prey. I mean, she was pretty great in both of them, but it's just a case of yeah. what you'd be looking for. Um, and that's so- it. And I think that's part of the reason why she said she was stepping back is that like after Birds of Prey and the Suicide Squad, it was a lot of Harley Quinn all at once, and she wanted to kind of try other things and just like she's not fully done with the character, but she's just taking a little bit of a break. And they wanted him to direct Suicide Squad when he came in. Like that was what yeah. DC pitched to him. They were like, we want you to take the su- Superman. And he was like, uh, no, I'd like the Suicide Squad instead. He and wanted so- Justice League, sorry. Sorry, what do you mean? He was offered Justice League? No, he was it? offered Superman. 
exclusively Superman. Oh, right. And so then he, and then they brought up Suicide Squad. So ah, they were the first two things that they pitched to him. And he, he was said, I mean, he looked at the two pitches, but he wanted to do Suicide Squad because it was more him, which I could understand. And, but now the fact is, they could bring him back to do Justice League if they wanted. They could bring him back to do anything because now he's in. And yeah. he's got free reign. And I think the best thing they did was they just let him do whatever he wanted. And it's kind of like they've brought him in and they know he's going back to like his old, his his wife. <laughs> but they're like the mistress like, no, like seriously, we'll, yeah, we'll wait. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Take we'll be here. Long you, need. <laughs> you just give me a text. I'll be, I'll be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, but, but also maybe like he likes, because his apparently contract in DC was like, I get to do whatever I want. Like, maybe he likes that freedom as well. Whereas I feel Marvel, even after everything, they're not going to let James Gunn do an R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy. That's just never going to happen. He could do a, a sequel to Birds of Prey. Like an R-rated sequel to Birds of Prey. My God, how much I want that. Wouldn't that be great? Or, yeah. I also, and you bring in like, Batgirl I, and Poison Ivy. Yeah. Like, yeah, just flesh out that universe. Like, yeah, like... I think that's the thing, is that, like, leaving James Gunn out of it and everything like that, I would love for that universe to have something happen in one movie and have it really fucking stick in the next one. Because at the minute it seems like, aside from all of Metropolis being demolished by Superman, nothing else matters in that whole movie. Yeah, it was all just random punches. Random punches at different sections of a wall, but they never actually joined up. Yeah, like, no one in any of the DC movies acknowledges that Shazam happened. Like, that's just not a thing that's ever cropped up. And, I, I mean, they could be doing a Bloodsport movie now. They, they I think they're talking yeah. of doing, doing a movie with Idris Elba, and I think he'd be perfect in that role. And you have several characters in that film that they could spit off. Like, Peacemaker alone, he's already working on that on HBO Max. Yeah, that's true. Like now, I feel like the like the likes of Bloodsport. I feel he works really well in that team environment. So I don't know how well he would work. No, look, it's Idris Elba, so he'd probably work really, really well in a solo film, just based on the actor. But the particular character, I feel like the Suicide Squad. He really shuns so much. I think to just have him on his own, it it'll be a harder sell if that makes sense. Yeah, and look, we don't really know at the minute, but what's interesting is that James Gunn has not put it out of the fact that I thought it was always going to be a what and done. They'd get him in, he'd go back to Marvel, he'd do Guardians of the Galaxy, and he'd have lots of fun over there. But I mean, he's probably the hottest commodity in terms of directors between the two of them, and they both want them. Which I think for him, fucking great stuff. <laughs> Ask whatever you want. Day. Yeah, like, oh, what are you going to give me? Half a million. They said they are going to give me two million. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to go over here. <laughs> it's going to be like the ask your mother, not ask your father, like that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so that is the last news story of the week, Sean. I'm excited to see what James Good does next. Um, if you haven't seen The Suicide Squad, go out and see it. It's delightfully mad. Um, although there was a lot of people on, uh, on our Facebook page. Did you see that? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we put up a Facebook post promoting our review of the show. And there was like several random comments underneath that were like, it's shit, 
it's so shit. Oh, it's the worst movie ever. Um, and then someone commented like something about us, and I was like, we didn't make the film. <laughs> but the no. implication was we did a bad job producing the film. Which, to be honest with you, you did a terrible job producing that. Film. Look, to be fair, I was no help in the production of the Suicide Squad twenty twenty one. Look, I'll be the first to say that, guys. <laughs> If you haven't seen that, go check it out. I was like, I thought the vibe was much stronger and positive <laughs> for this film. Yeah, I felt like the like the general like voice of the people was like, oh, that's it's pretty good. It's pretty good, guys. <laughs> uh, but look, we've been wrong before. Luckily, everyone was on board with the National Treasure Review. So, mm. and where there, can they get that, that Sean? At least they can get that on the Patreon, Connor. Speaking uh. of which, uh, thank you. To everyone who has listened to this show, thank you especially to everyone who supports us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash heroes for hire podcast. As we've mentioned multiple times in this episode, you can get movie reviews over there. We also do um, reviews for things like uh, Loki, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, all those kinds of things are up there as well. Um, $5 or more a month to get access to those. And you do also get a shout out in the show for your troubles so big thank you goes out to please get vaccinated Kira Lawler David Clark Ed Ball Joe Burney oh sorry Joe changed his name actually and oh. I'm not quite sure how to read this one uh, so I'm gonna just interpret it in my own way okay. so Joe King Shark do 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 King Shark do 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 <laughs> yeah no, I think that's right do- King Shark Bernie. Uh, <laughs> nom nom. Nom nom. Hand. Uh, Roisin Trodoshin Halley. Ryan Right Time Evanson. Sean. Heroes Don't Do That. Jameson. Dominic. Josiah Florida Gal Green. Anna. Go Ducks. Helm Roos. Lil Dicky. Who Would Win? Slipknot the Band or Slipknot the DC character McGrew? Um, I mean, the answer to every question involving the Slipknot DC character is he would obviously win. I mean, the man can climb anything. That's true. That is very true. Um, like, I, I mean, look, I suppose with with Slipknot you have this duality. It's all a bit psychosocial in my mind. Um, do, do before Slipknot I forget, band, do Slipknot the band have any women that he can punch? <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, I'm not laughing at punching women. I'm laughing at because <laughs> Slipknot in his introduction just punches a woman straight in the face. Two things he does: punches a woman, gets his head blown off. <laughs> there are two things. That's true. And on that basis, see the thing is, is that like it's it, it it it's it's Slipknot is just a man with climbing abilities. Yeah. If he's in like an open field, he's just a man. Yeah, so, but slip slip that the band they might be good at climbing charts, but can they climb a building? I don't think so. I don't so think it depends, so. It depends on the turf. So what I would say is we'll elaborate on this question next week on Movie Mondays if we can get a <laughs> a quick view on what the turf is that we're actually fighting on. Okay. Okay. Uh, perfect and so thank you also then to Danny McLaughlin Ray sorry for that outburst have a custard cream on me Luke Hoth and I can't believe Wanda did this Uh, now I think we would all agree that Wanda would defeat both Slipknot and Slipknot the band let's not get ahead of ourselves Um, I mean (laughs) she's got magic but can she climb a building she can fly Connor can she climb though 
the jury's out I would say exactly. on her climbing ability exactly <laughs> um, so thank you to everyone for supporting the show and a woman she's a woman <laughs> oh, she, Jesus two things that's one of his two things that's one of his two targets his rock walls and women um such a shit character. So such a terrible human. But he's somehow the patron suicide squad <laughs> member of the podcast. Um but look, if you want to support the show, we would really appreciate it. You can head over there. Uh we also have a merch store link down below. You can get t shirts and hats and backpacks and cushions and all those kinds of things. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes for Hire Pod. The four is the number four. Facebook is Detective Divilments Discussion Group. Uh, please help us. We're being told that we made the Suicide Squad badly. So if anyone mm. could defend our honour over there in some kind of jewel, that would be amazing. Uh, also, we're on Instagram, Heroes for Hire Podcast. Or you can email us any questions to Heroes for Hire underscore at Outlook.com. But the most important thing that you can ever do to help out the show is by telling one human being that we exist. Just the one, please. And I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I have been Connor Lawler. I have been Sean Meehan. And we shall see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 